back to another episode of the Between Hosts Podcast. I am your host, Robbie, and today it's a, a, just a great day on the Pacific Ocean. What a difference 72 hours can make. We're going to get into that, but before we do, a little captain's log for you today. Thank you for joining us. You know, you don't have to be here, and you could have already stopped listening, but you haven't, and I appreciate it. Dial in those compasses to 18 degrees north, 24 minutes by 103 degrees, 42 minutes west, we departed a little marina called Las Hadas this morning. If you are keeping up with the show, you know that we planned an eight-day cruise to Chiapas. What happened? Bad weather happened today. The seas are maybe cresting over two feet tall. That was not the case two days ago. We had the worst weather I have ever experienced on a boat now granted my experience was small but everybody on the boat was a little turn up and we are gonna get their impressions of it today winds topped out at 45 knots now i'm not sure if you know a good gauge of wind or not but just think whipping whipping winds and what happens when you're in the middle of the ocean and the winds start whipping the waves start growing. We had about eight to 10 foot swells. For perspective, I'm sitting up here on the helm. That's about as tall as I am. Do you see the water below me? Think about the tops of waves being over my head as I sit on the deck. When you were at the bottom between two waves, you could see nothing but water on either side. Not a situation I enjoyed at all. I was seriously minorly considering, you know, what a life would look like if I just dove headfirst off the back of the boat and didn't tell anybody about it. It was rough for a little bit more than a day. It was a terrible, terrible time. And it's crazy because the wind dies down, the oceans are calm again, and everybody's back in a great mood. My dad wasn't having it. Alan said he wouldn't choose to be out in it, which is big for him. Chris is a fisherman, so of course he was talking about how he's fished and way worse, all this, all that, whatever. The tick measuring contest continues. But, so, not but, we had to stop because it was gnarly. And here's the thing, we wanted to stop sooner because the winds were forecasted for about 20 to 25 knots. It kept going, it got to 20, 25 a little early, then it kept going to 30. It was 35 gusting higher and then you know at that point we all decided hey we want to stop but the problem was we were pretty far away from shore and the surf on any cove or beach we would have tried to enter would have been too much for the boat we were in reality stuck out to sea we just had to wait out the storm and it was not a fun place to be in Needless to say, when the seas did finally start to calm down, we got about a six-hour window where the waves calmed down and the winds calmed down long enough for us to be able to pull right back into shore. That's the town of Manzanillo. We stopped below the little marina of Las Hadas, where we ended up, and it was sweet, sensual release. We are finally getting down in latitude. It is tropical. You can say that. Today was the first day that I did not put on a shirt on until I put on this beautiful podcast shirt. And it was hot. It was hot. It was real hot in Las Hadas. I don't know what I'm talking about today. It, it's, a, it's a little hectic on the podcast. We still haven't talked about what happened when 
we were in Cabo, which feels like so long ago. I guess it was almost a week ago now. Five days? I went scuba diving for the first time in my life, and it was fantastic. If you've never been scuba diving, I cannot think of an activity that I would recommend more. Short of maybe skydiving? Another thing I could put in the group would be riding a motorcycle. Those things were awesome. The sensation of breathing under the water is unmatched by anything I've ever experienced before. That's before you even get to the fish, which seemed so unbothered by us swimming around in and amongst their little homes. They just were kind of floating with the motion of the ocean. And ain't that a damn good way to be? Everything's better down where it's wetter under the sea where I was. It was an experience that probably would not be legal in the United States. I showed up to a little dive boat with a guy who asked me if I could do the safety briefing in Spanish, to which I said maybe, but I don't think I'm going to in the end on much of it. And uh, he was like, okay, hold on. So he found somebody who spoke English. They came back. They gave me like a 20-minute talk on like, when you get down there, you know, make sure to pinch your nose, equalize your air, uh, whatever you do, don't take the thing out of your mouth. And okay, we're ready to go. That was it. Then we got on the boat. We went out. And next thing I knew, I was in the ocean and I was scuba diving. I will say for credit for my mom, who is the only person listening to this. Hi, mom. Uh, There was somebody with me at all times, and I did feel incredibly safe. We only went down about 15 to 30 feet. That was more than enough for me. But there was never a point in time where I was too deep that I couldn't swim up to the surface if I wanted to, which made me feel relaxed. I did start coughing. I choked on something. I don't even know what. The air that comes out of a scuba dive tank is is uh, super pure oxygen so it, it doesn't feel like you're breathing regular air but I mean you get everything you need out of it something about that was started drying out my throat and I felt the urge to cough and I'm just about 20 feet underwater going oh boy this is not the time to do this the other great thing about Cabo was that we all and I mean all of us got to take our first showers in five days. If you multiply that around the boat, the boat had gone a combined 20 human days without a shower and it was probably smelling like it. Here's the funny thing about being out to sea on a catamaran. Nobody notices. Like it's kind of like when you have a dog and the dog smells in your apartment and people come over and oof, what is that dog smell? You're living in it every day. You don't really notice it. The smell wasn't super bad. Chris, can we talk about the rough seas? Here's Chris. Okay, I I need you to I need you to I need you. Okay. <laughs> Chris makes me feel like a bitch when we talk about this because no, no, no. Nah, you know. Here you go. All right. Do I sound okay? Because I don't have any. What's beeping? Yeah, you do sound fine. Uh, oh, we got. Low. We got. Hold on. You keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. <laughs> we have boat problems. Big big sail problems. Chris has to go deal with it. All right. He'll be back to talk about it. Maybe Alan. Alan. And then you want you can you come talk about the rough seas? Into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a podcast. It's a little bit disjointed today on the podcast, but I, I want to get the rest of the crew's reaction. We're having low voltage problems. Everything's going on. You know, this is probably an episode to watch on YouTube. If you're 
listening to the podcast, there's probably a lot that doesn't make sense to you right now, and I'm going to try and keep it short today. You know, while they're figuring this stuff out, we'll finish on Cabo. How does that sound? Scuba diving was awesome. The showers were awesome. Here's one thing that I didn't expect. In the beginning of the trip, I was getting very seasick, and I have totally found my uh, sea legs now. I feel completely fine and natural on the boat when it's not 10-foot waves and all that wind. When it's a day like today, I might as well be on land. After the first stretch of our five days at sea, getting back on land, I got off the boat and I was having a hard time balancing. They call it land legs. And it happens because your brain at sea is not exposed to any vertical lines. So when you get back on land, if you look at the side of a building or if you look at a tiled floor, you start to get dizzy because your brain has not encountered any straight vertical lines. And if you look around, everything is curved and there's no walls to look at. So I get it. I didn't know that. Land legs were a thing and they were a thing that hit me. And now the topic of discussion can change from land legs to the ocean. Land legs. Oh, that's that's also, that's a good topic, actually. Land legs is funny. I've seen people have really funny land legs. Uh, shout out Sam Wood. And <laughs> <laughs> Sam Wood. <laughs> we had he had land legs in Trader Joe's in Portland, Maine. That, like, you know, you felt it the first time you got right off the boat, right? You were like, oh wow, I still feel like I'm on the water. Yeah, yeah, and you do. It's almost more pronounced than when you're on the water. In a way, well, like at when it, you know, you get used to everything being in motion and then everything stops. So when everything stops, that's fucked up. Here, I'm taking your picture. Oh, you're taking my picture? Did you look behind this you? This is, oh wow, this is a nice helm cast. Yeah. Uh, if people could only be so lucky as to go to our YouTube channel at Between Holes and watch this live <laughs> playback of the Where's episode. Where's the camera on this one? Uh, it's right back there. We got it. you back right, to the camera right, right now. Oh, here comes all crew. Yeah, everybody's here. The Look, whole crew is here. I feel, like, I feel like Bob Barker on The Price is Right. I can... Hey. Hey, hello. Yeah, there hey, we go. Okay, this is awesome. Gentlemen, we need to talk about the worst storm that has ever in, been encountered on the ocean ever. Ever by... You mean us. By, I think, anybody. By I, anybody? I, I, oh we were, we were. By anybody. <laughs> no, probably the worst we have since uh, we live from California. Uh, 35 to 40, 45 knots on gust with um, 10 to maybe 10 to 15 feet sea. 10 to 15 feet sea? They got C's? bigger. They got bigger since we were out there. You know, yeah. when we were out there, it was like eight to ten. But now that we're back, it's ten to fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. You know, exactly. that's a good charter captain right there. Yeah, sailor and fishermen are all the same. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was out there. Me, me and Alan are out there, and basically, so the conditions the other day, we left in pretty steady winds with pretty steady waves, and it built throughout the day. And we had to round a point, which always makes the wind and the waves more intense. So as the day went on and as the afternoon went on, the swell really picked up and the waves and the winds picked up together. So, and that's a, that's a harmonic condition that happens around the point. It's sort of like, you know, people talk about rounding Cape Horn or, or the Cape of Good Hope, you know, when they do on these epic circumnavigations. We got just a, just a little mini taste of that. And, um... You know, it was interesting. It made things. I, again, it was not interesting. It was terrible. Well, you were. You were. <laughs> was, yeah, I, let me point out a couple things. One, 
the boat was completely safe and we were safely sailing okay every everything the boat was completely fine and we could have kept sailing that's what you guys lead me to believe and no that wasn't overwhelming uh, the, nothing about that day was overwhelming this boat this boat was totally fine out in the weather that and it was it's made for it honestly it really is um you know and so your alan was with your dad delivering the lapari with the previous boat yeah. from bermuda to philadelphia or to the chesapeake bay rather newport and um so you guys really encountered what was more way more kind of epic conditions for a few days but again the lapari was fine the boat was fine it was just immensely uncomfortable to be on the boat <laughs> ah. yes yeah, sure <laughs> we were um, crossing from Bermuda to Newport, Rhode Island, and we encounter a rough wind from west, and we cross the Gulf Stream that makes some uh, crazy sea. How big were those seas? Uh, we were above... Uh, 12 feet. 20 feet? 12, 12, 12, 12. 12 feet, 12 yes, feet. 12. Ah, so was it the same size as the other day or bigger than that? Uh, bigger but less uh, ordered. The period? Yes, yeah, the period because we were across the wind, the wave was coming in a way and they were crossing the Gulf Stream. So it's like a choppy sea with a 12 feet uh, wave, so not very fun and comfortable uh, to say. Really diving down and up again. Yes. So, okay, what no, is. We were lucky the other day. We were lucky the other day because we were going downwind. And the only time we had to really slam into the swells was when we. The one time that we turned around and take in sail. That was it. Yeah, yes. this is true. I, I was comatose in the bed the entire day. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know no, what they no, did. Here, hold on. That's not true. You, you know, after a while, things said, okay, me and Alan were up here and you and your dad were indeed comatose below for the roughest of conditions. Yeah. But oh, eventually you sure. both were up here and uh, eventually you both took a shift in what were pretty stiff waves and, and wind. Yeah, but and that... you both did really well. Honestly, it just takes a little getting used to it. It, get, it, it seems weird when the waves are that high and the wind is that up. But again, these vessels and sailors are made to do this. This is what passage making is about, really. You have to, you know, we're lucky. We're doing coastal sailing. We could ditch it pretty much any time, even though there there's some places along the way we might not want to ditch. We could for weather, right? Yeah, I, um, I guess so. It's not like a place we would want to hang out for the night, but it's a place we could anchor for the weather. But think about going like what Alan and your dad were doing, Bermuda to New Newport or France to Newport, for God's sakes, there's nowhere to stop. So when the weather turns a bit south or, you know, sour, you just you have to adapt to it and just sail through it in a lot of conditions. And, you know, these guys are delivering boats. They don't have enough gas on board to motor across the Atlantic. So they literally have to you have to kind of sail. I mean, you can conserve gas, you know, and motor on one engine and low RPMs and all that stuff and take a long, long time. But you kind of have to sail. Okay, everybody tell the worst sea conditions that they've ever been in story. <laughs> the worst. The worst. The worst you've ever experienced. The worst. Uh, it was along the Portuguese shore. It was in 2000, 
15. The boat was a mile 36 catamaran. The wind reached 60 knots. 60 knots. <laughs> Sixty she nice. was uh, in meters, 6 to 8, so 20 to 28 no. feet. The period was maybe 20 seconds, so oh my uh, maybe God. 200 yards between each wave. So. No. Yes, but the, the per- no. yes, but the period was so long, so 200 yards be- between each. 200 each yards, but you're going up th- a three-story building every time. Yeah, the mast is on this is what 70 feet, so it'd be half as tall as yes. this mast. The mast is 70 feet on this boat, so it'd be half as tall as the mast. No, that's one crazy. Yeah, one that's not right. <laughs> now it's a third. That's 25 started, feet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, Chris. What about you? What about the worst weather you've ever been in? Oh. I, I went out on a fishing trip that was uh, going on to, from Point Pleasant, New Jersey to Block Island, Rhode Island, right? And we left Point Pleasant, New Jersey for an over... They, what they do is you leave the dock in Point Pleasant, New Jersey at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and by 4 or 5 a.m., you're off the windmills at Block Island and you're fishing. And you fish all day and then you go back to Point Pleasant, New Jersey. I pay like, you know, $250 for, usually for that trip. It's a 24-hour trip. And huh. so I went on a 24-hour fishing trip up to Block Island, and the boat left usual time. Conditions were marginal. The captains are really good about canceling. You know what I mean? They do not safety wanna, first. Safety first, but also like um, people want to have. The captains are committed to everybody having a good time. Uh-huh. And you know, there's families on these trips, so particularly bad weather, even though you can fish in it, is not comfortable. Just like the other day, it's not very fun to be out. No. So, we went out and started out maybe six to eight feet, turned into 18 to 20, 25 feet. Yeah. And we got up off, and that was in the night. So it was the black of night. And they're still trying to make time north to Block Island to still oh. run the trip. And we are, like, slamming and surfing. These, this is a... I go out on these boats yeah. that are about 100 feet long, and they're all aluminum, and they have three huge caterpillar engines in them and they go fast man i mean they try and go fast oh because again you're paying to get up there and fish not paying to take a boat ride so um, right anyway we got up there it was is it was there an inside of the boat did it was there a cabin yes, that you guys could... cabin inside and that's the thing like you know it's a bad day when the fishermen are inside the cabin you know what oh i mean oh my god the fishermen are inside the cabin it's horrendous and it was horrendous so eventually we got up to the spot conditions were horrendous nobody could fish and then we had to go all the way back in the same conditions and it was brutal it was absolutely brutal oh. but it was usually a 24-hour trip it took us 30 they would add on an extra 12 hours I mean, oh no and in the worst conditions no control over the boat you're just huddled in the cabin the entire time oh no with fishing equipment and bait it was just awful you know what I mean? That sounds terrible. So, Could you even get any sleep, or was it not really a sleeping thing? I mean, I can usually fall asleep anywhere, but there was nowhere to sleep because everybody was crunched in the cabin. Oh, right. Ridiculous. That sounds so, absolutely terrible. Yeah, it sucks, man. Those those kinds of days are not awesome. But sailing-wise, honestly, like um, I've been in bigger seas uh, than we were in the other day on smaller boats than this. And in the Pacific, like a 26-foot Catalina off San Diego in pretty much just a little bit bigger than we were in the other day. Let me tell you, a monohull in those conditions is terribly more uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Oh. 
Alan, why is a monohull worse than a catamaran in, in high seas? So, when you when you sail downwind, the catamaran stay flat on the sea because he had two hulls. Monohull, they had a keel. And when you go downwind, usually they want to take some list on one side and mm. then come back quick. That twisting motion. Like that twisting motion on top of the wave, you know? Yes. It, it jerks you left and right every wave. Ah. So it, it's it's definitely more comfortable to be on a what we were on in the in the season on a mono hole. Oh yeah. When you sail downwind. Undoable the other day in a in a small mono. Oh, no. That, that was yes. a small craft advisory. Yes. Interesting. But when you beat the wind, it's more comfy to be on a monorail because the keel gives you more drag so you're drifting less and you have some momentum so that prevents you to get stopped. Uh, when wind. you're going up into the wind. Into the wind. Into the wind is better on a monohull. Interesting. But it's still not comfortable, is it? It's more comfy, more, more comfy than on, on a catamaran. Ah, uh, okay. But is downwind always still the best? Yeah, it's more from it from road to to downwind. It's a more comfy usually. On flat sea, you can do some reaching up to 60 degrees, 60 degrees to the wind, but yeah. the, the sea have to be more or less flat. Uh, I see. Or else the sails. I, I can I can see what would happen. We've been really lucky with the with the flat going downwind the entire time on the trip so far. Yes, it's more like a trade wind sailing trip than a yes. It's a the usually along the coast of California and Barra California at this season the wind blow from northwest along the shore so ah, and that's why you were saying why this was the best time of year to do the trip yes Interesting. people you do this passage say the best season is april to may to june sorry ha huh, april to june okay and that is uh exactly we are in april right now we're uh, the 18th of april so we're a little late on our schedule but we we're gonna make some distance on the coming day, so we're gonna yes. catch up some time, I uh, hope. I think that the stop we made in Las Hadas was very, very worth it. After after the rough day, I needed, I yeah, needed the day. Yeah, we all deserve it, and uh, it was a good spot to stop, so. Yes. All right, oh, what's going on with the camera? <laughs> low bat. Ah, hey. uh, low battery? Ah, well, well, the battery just died in the GoPro, which means this is podcast exclusive only content. And it's exclusive content enough for me to just say that was another episode of the Between Holes podcast. We'll be back at it tomorrow with more shenanigans.